Hello Blazers, welcome to episode 94 of UAB Green and Told. Original debut Monday, March 27th, 2023. Through our podcast, we're able to share stories from members of the UAB community. Want to listen to previous episodes? Head to alumni.uab.edu slash greenandtold, Spotify, or the Apple Podcast app. While there, we'd love for you to leave a written review to help more alums find us. I'm Greg Berry, a UAB alum and Director of Communications in the Office of Alumni Affairs. To be mentioned in the same sentence as Forrest Whitaker, Dean Kane, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson is an incredible feat. You have to be part of a unique fraternity, one that includes the gridiron and the stage. Today's podcast guest is part of that group, having played football in college before making a stroll down the red carpet. However, for Accorier White, his dreams were nearly dashed days before officially becoming a blazer. I moved everything here. I'm enrolled here. Like, I, I didn't even go to Troy or Auburn to like even test it out like I thought I was in. And he's like, man, I'm just so sorry. But he'll share how he finally and literally got the call to be part of the UAB family. And had that not happened, he may never have gotten bit by the acting bug. And I just found myself like blacking out almost when I did it, but I did it right. And it just felt so good. And that's how I kind of just drove me to keep going in it. It just, it just kept feeling Right. Ever since he first started to audition, Accordier knew he belonged on set with some of the biggest names on the big screen. When I was an extra one time, I was working next to Dwayne Johnson. And I'm like, one day we'll be talking together and working with you. He's like, look forward to it. While his career is still young, Accorier White has already worked alongside names like Lawrence Fishburne, Stephen Lang, and Guy Pearce, established actors with countless credits to their filmographies. For Accorier, acting was something he just kind of fell into while taking classes at UAB. He never thought he'd be a professional actor. Heck, he never thought he'd be a college football player. So interesting story. I Football was actually my last choice. So I was playing basketball in the country, in Alabama, and I grew up, you know, idolizing Michael Jordan and Kobe. So for me, um, I was that kid that spent a lot of time playing basketball uh, to the point where I started getting colleges looking at me. I didn't play football at all uh, from between fourth grade and then 11th grade year of high school. But I did enough my 11th grade year to get recruited at a small college in Ohio. So for me, it was either go play D2 basketball, um, had a couple options go there, or play D3 football and then go to D1. I went to Ohio Wesleyan University, played there, started, and then um, the week before our first game, I never forget this day. Like we run the play over again, I block him, and I'm like literally blocking him as I feel pressure come on my leg, and the old lineman and the running back and the D line all fall on my right ankle and it pops like literally, and I get a, a fracture, a high ankle fracture, and the doctor, they're like, you should have broke your leg because the injury you just sustained, it is just not going to heal anytime soon. Fast forward, that year goes by. Um, I go in that year, it's just, it goes bad. I try to come back mid-year. I'm not ready to coach. It's like, come on, Corey, you, you can do it. I knew I wasn't ready and I come out, ankle gets worse. So that season ends, they bring in a new coach, they fire him. And I'm ready to go. And I've gotten a lot of size to me. I think UAB brought in McGee at that time. And uh, I sent them my footage. So, and I didn't have all the footage I was supposed to get. But they were like, hey, man, you know, come by and look at us. 
And I was actually going to visit Troy and Auburn when I came, but UAB was on the way. So I was like, well, I got invited to ask them to stop by. So let me just make the stop. I go down to UAB and um, I make a stop. And Coach McGee looks at me for the first time and he knew who I was. I was, I was completely shocked. Bo, uh, he walks me around and says, hey, man, you should come in here. You know, we got a spot for you. Um, you'll be a walk-on first, preferred walk-on. So, you know, you'll get the option to do your thing and come here. Because I knew what they had the injured season. They didn't know that. I didn't tell anybody that. They just thought my stats were, like, very low from the first year. Like, getting touchdowns and then, like, not a touchdown my, my, my sophomore year. So I'm like, okay, nobody knows I'm injured. So I walked it off the whole time. The worst thing happened. Bo calls me who's the offensive, I uh, think, assistant to Coach McGee. He's like, hey, Corey, got some bad news. He's like, the spot you had is taken because one of our guys came back off injury reserve. So it's like, that spot is gone. This is like a week before school starts or before the season starts for the, you know, the week we practice like two mm -hmm. weeks before school starts. So I'm like, I moved everything here. I'm enrolled here. Like I, I didn't even go to Troy or Auburn to like even test it out. Like I thought I was in. And he's like, man, I'm just so sorry. And I'm like, what? Like, how is this happening to me? You know, like I, I was so confused. Cause like at the end of the day, I just didn't understand how this could be happening to me. I just go to my grandmother's house and she's like, you know, if it's meant to be, it, it had to happen. Like, God will make it happen. And I'm like, why does everybody keep saying that? Like, how is this going to happen within a week's time? It's just not possible. The day before camp starts uh, for UAB, and I'm sitting at home, and I come to my grandmother's house. She's in the middle of nowhere. I come in, and uh, everybody's asleep, and I watch the TV. And I was about to turn it off and just go to sleep because I'm like, I'm not going to UAB. And a statement, a pastor comes up, and he says, Faith. And I pause. Like, this is so weird. I just pause the remote control and I'm looking at it. He's like, faith. if you have faith, it's much of a mustard seed. Anything you want can happen. And I'm like, I put the remote back in my lap. I'm like, let me just watch this before I go to bed. And then it was going on about like, what made you get to the point where you had no more faith when all your life, it's like he was talking to me. He's like, all yeah. your life, you had faith about everything you did. And now all of a sudden, you know, because one thing goes wrong, you believe that there's no possible way that you can get what you want in life. And at that moment, I was like, what? I said, you know what? I am going to be a UAB and I am playing football. So I pack up all my clothes. I tell my grandma, like, hey, grandma, I don't know, but I just got a feeling I'm going to get a call to play at UAB. Something's going to happen. And she's like, that's what I'm talking about. Well, you go head back to my grandma. So if you need to get there, you can be, you know, an hour and a half drive. I'm like, yes, ma'am. So I take off, go back to Montgomery. I go to sleep. Now, camp starts the next day. So in my mind, I sound like a crazy person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm sitting there. I go to sleep. I get a phone call at like 7.03 in the morning. It's Bo. <laughs> he calls. He's like, hey, Corey. I was like, hey, Bo. He's like, you awake? I was like, yeah, I'm definitely awake. He's like, so uh, good news. There's a spot we were going back and forth between the last position we were going to give somebody. And Coach McGee wanted to give it to you. So can you be here in two hours? I was like, I am on my way now. And that's how my career started at UAB. It, it was during your time at UAB where you got bit by the acting a bug. Before that, you had nothing to do with it. Talk a little bit about what got you into acting and that just that first experience that you had. When I got to UAB, uh, I remember going to the class 
And again, like when the teacher was like, I need that volunteer, it was just shocking to me that no one would go up there and help. I wrote the play for our class. I directed the play. I was the lead in the play. And I was one of the only people that actually enjoyed the class, but I could never let that out because I'm like, oh, God, I'm gonna get judged for this. So, but I just actually, whatever reason, enjoyed it, but I thought it was just something fun. I didn't know like the magnitude of what could really go into it once you really do it for, for film. Uh, and that's when like, when I got that little bug, like his class started the bug and then I got invited to do a monologue for a showcase. And I just found myself like blacking out almost when I did it, but I did it right. And it just felt so good. And that's how it kind of just drove me to keep going in it. It just, it just kept feeling, feeling right. So it started with one class. After that first class, were there others that kind of fell into line and then you started to kind of do different experiences with different forms of acting? Or how oh, no, did it I, transpire? Yeah, I told him, like, when Mr. Cannon saw me outside, like, you should act. I was like, no, I'm, I'm doing football. Like, I literally didn't touch acting again from, I think it was 2014 until 2016, 17. I didn't, I didn't really mess around with it at all. Um, and then in 2016, I got the invites to the monologue and everything. And that's when everything started to change. Um, but I, from the moment I did the class with him and he told me I should do it outside when I met him, I just, I really tried to put it on the back of my mind because my mind was only on football. Uh, so yeah, it, nothing happened with it until I watched Concussion. And when I watched Concussion, and I was starting to dabble in it now, like, oh, it's, just, it's kind of curious that I get to be, if I don't go to the NFL, I can portray that in a football movie. And I think I can still get that justification that, like, I was able to tell someone's story through the lens of someone else. In this career, I can technically be whatever I want to be. After you made the decision, okay, I'm not going to do the football thing anymore. I'm going to do acting. What was it like early on? What were the auditions like? What were you hearing from casting directors? So initially coming out, uh, first, besides the fact that no, no one believed that I should do it. They all thought I was crazy. As the auditions started going on, I found myself getting a lot of callbacks for like, oh, this role or this role or commercials. Like I didn't know the the payments and how all that stuff works. So for me, it was like brand new going into an audition room. Um, so I would go to like callback to callback. And I think maybe like maybe 200 auditions a year. Oh, wow. Uh, you're hoping to get something. And I would get always like the little small roles. What was the first time that you actually broke through and got a part, whether it's commercial or, you know, TV, movies, whatever it might be, that you went, okay, that's when my career really started. 2017 was the year. Because like 2016, I was done with school and football. I started studying with this lady, uh, Cindy Hogan. She's my coach. I was like still having that cockiness to me about football. Like I could do whatever I put my mind to. Um, which is good, but at the same time, acting is a little different. You have to be vulnerable. And I just wasn't ready to be in front of a camera or people. She's like, what do you want to be in acting? And I was like, great, of course. And she was like, you would never be. And I'm like, "How would you? why would you tell me that? And she's like, because you have all the talent in the world, but you would not develop your skills. It, it made me feel like I was an athlete again. Like my coach just challenged me to go further than I been before and that moment kind of changed me 
And then that's after that moment, we did like a four week development uh, course. And that's when I finally broke down playing a homeless man. Like I had to create my own character. So I was a homeless guy. We had to go to like Applebee's and I had to come after four weeks of prepping to be homeless. Uh, and I was able to cry for the first time during that scene where we had to bring it to life. Um, and I couldn't stop myself. She comes to me at the very end and she's like, remember what you told me you wanted to be? And I was like, yes ma'am. As I'm like, still cleaning my eyes, she was like, you learn how to control that and you continue to do that. That's when you can be great. And that's when you will be great. And right around the same time, it was a football movie called Under the Stadium Lights. I worked with Lawrence Fishburne in, in that movie and it was based on a true story about a football team um, and I played running back and the guy was close to the drummer and I had to cry for the first time. People were like, oh my gosh, make me cry. So it was like, I got to bring out all those skills that I've been holding in in my true self as a running back. And then um, I booked the Netflix movie with Afri Woodard and uh, Blair Underwood and Samuel Jackson's wife, Mr. Tonya. And that was like so different because I'm seeing all these big cameras from when, uh, when I was an extra one time, I was working next to Dwayne Johnson and I'm like, one day we'll be talking together and working with you. He's like, I look forward to it. And that was it. And that was like when I first, first started to like now, I'm hearing Lawrence Fishburne tell me like, hey man, like one day I can tell them to work with you. You really have something. When you started in that class at UAB and on acting, did you ever think that it would grow into something where you'd be rubbing elbows and working alongside Lawrence Fishburne, Blair Underwood and some of the others? I never thought at UAB, specifically at UAB, that I would have done anything with acting. It was like right when I was leaving UAB. As you see your career develop and you get to experience new things, where do you see it going? You mentioned writing, you mentioned acting, you're producing, you're doing all of these things. So where are you heading? The biggest goal I think for me is my company that we started. I started in 2018. It's called Anchor Lens Productions and it's a film production company, but it's also a social impact. Uh, company so the big plan was to like create a company where we can make our own movies and not spend as much but understand how to bring that same type of quality and make a big return so that at some point we can get enough money to uh, do our homeless outreach um kind of back to going when i was a kid and just not having certain things so i have this plan where i have the answer to to the homelessness uh question to everyone oh you can't fix homelessness you can't do this and I remember talking to this guy who went to Emory, um, my business partner, um, is one of the students there. He's like, homelessness is not possible. You can never change and fix homelessness. And I looked at him and I was like, okay, you say there's no way to change homelessness. And I said, well, I'll put it to you like this. At one point in time, there was no way to flip on the light switch and everything in the buildings would come on. I said, at some point, did you think it was possible to be able to fly from California to Asia? in hours. It was not even possible to fly anywhere. But two brothers decided to risk their lives to be the start of that. And now we have planes flying all over the world. I said, so with homelessness, it takes someone that's bold enough to come up with an actual plan of how to change things and how to really create a program that can be self-sustainable. And like, I don't want to make a dime from what we create with the homeless outreach. It will all pay for itself. Uh, but the thing is, when you create something and it works, and people see that it works and it's doing positive change, they didn't want to come in and invest and be a part of something like that. And it just takes somebody doing it once. And then the plan is before I die to open up 25 to 50 of these that is a homeless rehabilitation center 
for not just homeless people that are on the streets, but people that may have lost everything in a fire where they can come through, kind of get the, the help they need, whether it's financial or it may just be a mom and a dad just lost everything with their kids. They have nowhere to go, but we have a comfortable place to live, help them get on their feet, kind of see the success story because as we help change, they will continue to help grow and change. If that starts with someone in 50, 60 years, that could be a thing where there's somebody that's homeless now. What? Let's just get them and take them over here because like it, it can be very minimized if someone is bold enough to risk it. And I know it'll be hard, but if we understand that's how everything is when you first do it, my goal is to be one of the biggest producers, one of the biggest film actors and filmmakers in Hollywood, which is hard starting out because we're still talking to investors now and we got like seed investors for our company. And then outside of that part, once everything clicks, um, the big goal for me is to be one of the best actors there ever were. Um, but at the same time, have a company that people really love. Do you feel that you have made it in acting and entertainment yet? I feel like I'm at a place now where I'm recognized, if, if that makes sense. Um, but as far as making it, I don't think so because I get a lot of auditions now. My, my auditions now are very, let's say this, if I book any of the auditions that I'm going on now, I'm a star because <laughs> everything I, I do now is like, I told my management team and uh, my my agent, I don't want any more small movies. Like if it's not big, I'd rather do two, three movies audition a year than to do 25 smaller movies. Like I need my career to take off. Um, so everything I've been getting now has been true stories with like stars or like just some big blockbuster movies. Uh, so it's, it's a good feeling because it only takes booking one of those. And then all of a sudden, I become that name and recognition where it's like, oh, he's really, really about to be one of those actors. Um, he stays on this path. Where are we going to see you on the big screen next? <laughs> so funny enough, we just did our movie. Uh, it's called Trinket Box. It's like a horror drama. Another movie I wrote, uh, Bailmount, we're talking to Screen Media um, and a couple other companies about that movie. And they're talking about financing it and funding it. And it's like a big action thriller uh, movie where Chris Brewster, uh, he's... Captain America, he's the real Captain America. He does all the Marvel stunts and uh, for Black Panther, Black Adam, Daredevil. Uh, he's actually the stunts coordinator. So I'm about to be getting into really crazy shape uh, to play the role and hopefully we'll start filming in uh, I think next summer if everything goes well. And that'll be my first, if I don't book anything in between now and then, that'll be my first big blockbuster movie where like those are the type of movies that kind of take you off. but. I wrote that script in 2017 and it's just now about to take off. So it's it's a process, a lot of patience with this career, but at the end, if you just stick to it, like it's kind of crazy when things align themselves. When you sit there on your couch or in a seat at the movie theater and you see your name come up in lights, what's that feeling like? <laughs> um, it depends on the audience. Uh, I, I would say that because when you see your name, it's, it's kind of weird. Um, and I've seen my name, like when the uh, football movie came out with Lauren Schisburn, I went and bought the ticket. It's weird to see you like buy a ticket. So I bought a ticket for that. Um, and then I did another movie with Guy Pierce, uh, and it was like the seventh day and I went into a theater and bought it. And it was just so weird, like buying a ticket with my name on the poster outside. So it's like, it's, it's a good feeling. That whole process of a movie coming out is just, it's so like wonderful is the, is the word to say, because once you feel that moment and you realize like, 
this is this is the right way to do what I'm doing. Like all the the hard, you know, heartaches and triumphs to get here, it was worth it now because you get to see that. What's more difficult, playing sports or acting? Ooh, uh, I was have to say acting because I've played sports since I can remember, and I can literally pick up any, you know, ball or whatever and just be an athlete. So for me, that just comes naturally. But acting, however, there's always a new challenge. Like you can never be like the best. Like if you think about it, you're like, oh man, there's always like, you know, Mira Streep or then there's Denzel and there's Leonardo. But it's like, do you consider anybody better than anybody or they're just really great at what they do? Um, and that's why when I said I want to be one of the greats, it's like, it's just so many good actors that you really, you just can't pick one. Um, but for me, I think acting is, is a lot more difficult because it requires you to be in the middle of people and have to do something that is uncomfortable to 99% of people on the planet. Like you can't put a person in the room and say, hey, cry. What people forget is when you're in a movie, everybody's watching you. <laughs> like, and you're sitting, two people are sitting there or three doing a scene, but there's a mic person, there's a cameraman, there's DPs and assistants. They're all watching you and you have to be able to the whole make the whole room disappear and never see the camera. And that's the part I find most interesting that I do, that it's like, this is interesting. Because I don't understand how that works, but there's a camera right here and I don't even see it until the scene director says cut. That's Akorye White. Akorye earned his Bachelor of Arts from the College of Arts and Sciences in Communication Studies. Today, he is a professional actor as well as founder and CEO of his own production company. As a former athlete, Okoye has a great idea of what it means to be a blazer. It's a, a bigger, broader thing for me because people will know wherever I go, that's where I went to school at. So I feel like whatever I do outside of or after leaving UAB is how I reflect the university. Being able to touch many people and people to see like, hey, his representation of being a blazer is he's just going out and blazing all the things that can help out other people. Um, for me, because I get gratification in my in my career, so I don't need that. But the people that represented me and that I'm a part of, I want to make sure they're proud of what I do. So I feel like to, to me, being a blazer is just taking the things I learned and the things I went through at UAB and the experiences I had and really putting those out to other people and helping them out and basically becoming a better person or being a better person. Because not often do you have their experiences that I've had at UAB and then you turn out to have the power almost to do certain things like, you know, be the person that someone will call to make a decision on this person or have your school reach out to you and say, hey, I want you to come talk. Not everyone gets that opportunity because, you know, we sometimes settle. Like, hey, I went to college in time. But for some people like me, it's like, I wanna be the best at every single thing I do. And I want anything I'm a part of to be a part of that. So the hope, you know, down the line is like UAB will say like, oh my God, we're so happy that the Corey went to school here. Uh, because again, I understand that comes with a certain responsibility that people can, you know, be very proud of. I'd like to invite you to listen to previous episodes of UAB Green and Told. Check us out at alumni.uab.edu slash greenandtold. Have a story to share or know someone we should reach out to? Email greenandtold at uab.edu. Finally, be sure to follow us on social media. Search UAB Alumni on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and until next time, 
Go Blazers!